0: Thank you for listening to this message by pastor chad randall at life story church we are a grassroots church located in the heart of the bellevue community in nashville tennessee our services are streamed live on facebook and youtube every sunday morning at ten thirty a.m and wednesday 7 p.m central time we would love for you to join us now here's pastor chad randall we're going to continue uh, today in our blessed hope sermon series. So far we are into part five, and I'm going to jump right into that. So do me a favor and open to your Bibles to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3. That's where we're going to be uh, spending a lot of time today. We're actually going to be, we're going to attempt to be aggressive this morning and get through 3 and 4. We're going chapter by chapter, verse by verse, uh, through these uh, letters. Ultimately, Paul left two men to lead churches in cities or regions that were known for their rebellion to morality, paganism, and depravity. Cyrus left on the island of Liers in Crete. Paul, or, or excuse me, Titus was left on the, uh, on the island of, of Crete, with the Lyars on the island of Crete. And Paul with the pagans of Ephesus. So essentially, they're left with liars and pagans. You know, We're studying these letters uh, at this particular time due to the striking similarity of circumstances that we are finding ourselves in today. There were two basic, two basic uh, issues facing the believers in Ephesus. And they're the same two issues that are facing us today. Creed and conduct creed and conduct. Our creed, our interior, our internal man or woman, our thought, what we believe, what we believe we believe, and our conduct, which is our exterior. What, In other words, what you believe versus what you do. In other words, mean what you say, say what you mean. Do what you say you're going to do and do what you believe is right. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no. In a culture, Known for worshiping at the demon altar of lust, lying to the extent that one believes their own deception, and ultimately calling what is evil good and what is good evil, there was a church. Let me say that again, in case you didn't catch all of that. Um, Let me say it again. In a culture known for worshiping at the demon altar of lust, Lying to the extent that one believes their own deception and ultimately calling what is evil good and what is good evil, there was a church. I could say a life story church, right? Right, yeah, no, but not not for today's purposes. Uh, No, for today's purposes, we're talking about the church in Ephesus in 1 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, But with that said, you understand, hopefully, then, the relevance of this message, don't you? The relevance for our culture today. This letter isn't just a message full of well-intentioned advice, church. This letter is marching orders. Marching orders from a colonel to a commander in the Lord's army. That's how we need to view this letter. A church that was right in the middle of the culture that I just described that sounds so much like our church that is right here in the culture that I just described. Paul delivers marching orders, and, and they can be considered to be no less than military marching order. So much of Paul's uh, language as you study his epistles and especially his pastoral letters, he speaks in military terms. So already, let's recap a little bit. Already so far in our study, Paul has outlined some responsibilities that the church has, the local church. Can we see those? First things first, he said to do this. Teach sound doctrine. Teach sound doctrine proclaim the gospel, defend the faith. Now, I want, if you're watching this on a mobile device, like a phone, take a screenshot of this. Or if you're taking notes, I really want you guys to write this down, okay? Because this is, this is imperative to our study today. And really, it's, been, it's imperative uh, to our study the last four weeks. So already Paul has outlined, here's, here's this church in this climate, in this culture, liars, pagans, so on and so forth. He says, here's what you've got to do. Teach sound doctrine right off the bat. Number one, first thing: teach sound doctrine. Proclaim the gospel, and defend the faith. And then he emphasizes two aspects of a spiritual officer, and he'll go, to, go he'll go on to uh, uh, emphasize it even more as we study today. That a spiritual officer needs to be a man or woman of faith, and they also need to be motivated by love. Okay, don't let that be lost on you. Okay, because we can have. We can make sure that we do everything right, but if if we're not motivated by love and the agape love that God has for us, we reciprocate that to others and have that agape love for uh, others, that's the only way we're able to love our enemies as we're instructed to do so, right? We, uh, look, even, even the people that uh, make me the most sick when I watch TV or politics or whatnot, and everybody's got their different person that makes them sick when they turn on the TV, right? But uh, even those people, we are called to have agape love for to the extent that we will pray for them pray for them church. So love is the key in everything that you do, especially in ministry. Love has got to be your motivating factor. Okay? Love is the key, but get this as we study, this is important. It is the key, but it is not Paul's focus. Do you understand? <laughs> ambiguous love, ambiguous love is the calling card of the apostate church today. It is. Just love everybody. Why do we have to? So the doctrine is horrible and wrong. What? But it's, you know what? Can't we just love every? Why do we have to argue about this or that? Can't we just love? Right? It's the it's the their calling card. Do you know how many times uh, love is actually mentioned in the book of Acts? Let me just back up a minute. You know the book of Acts. Most people, even even apostate. Uh, church pastors will tell you that, well, you know, kind of, bu- the book of Acts is is the first church on display. It's really our model that we have as as the church, the book of Acts. Everybody pretty much agrees on that. Do you know how many times the word love is mentioned in the book of Acts? Zero. Zero. So, love is the key. Don't want that to be lost in you. Love is the key, but it isn't the focus. Okay, that's, that's because here's why. If you teach sound doctrine... If you teach sound doctrine, if you proclaim the gospel and provide a defense of the faith to those looking on, to those looking on, church, love will be demonstrated. Love will be evident if you'll just do those things. Teach sound doctrine. Proclaim the gospel. The gospel is nothing if it's not love on full display, right? Provide a defense of the faith, and to those looking on, love will be demonstrated, and it will be evident. At the end of the day, remember this, love is something that you do. It's not something that you say. It's something that Jesus did is what love is. something you do, not something you say. It's something that He did. The lost and the struggling brother, the lost person that doesn't know Jesus or accept the truth... And the struggling brother, they don't need to be made to feel better about their sin. They don't need to be made to feel better about their sin. They need sound doctrine to overcome that sin. And they need the gospel for hope. They need the gospel for love. Don't tell me that you love me. Right? Show me. Or maybe I should say, don't just tell me that you like. Because I like to hear of you now. I'm a words of affirmation kind of guy, right? So, tell me you love me. That's great. But don't just tell me that you love me. Show me that you love me. Don't just tell me that Jesus loves me. Show me that Jesus loves me. And how do you show? Proclaim the gospel. Oh, man, be a defender of the faith. Teach sound doctrine. So here are your marching orders. Are you ready? You ready to jump into this stuff? It's going to be good. I hope you're excited. I've got a good feeling about this one. All right. Uh, let's read 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. <clears throat> this is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop, then, must be blameless. Let me just say this. Pause right there. Somebody is going to blame you for something. (laughs) You understand? If you ever accept a role of bishop or leadership in the church, if you lead in any capacity, really in any walk of life, I have found that at some point somebody is going to be accusatory. Somebody is going to be blaming you for something. So Paul here is just saying that when that happens, don't let it be true. All right? It's up to you cuz they're going to come accusatory they're going to be coming to you blaming you for everything when it, when it, when that it comes just don't let it be true let's keep reading so a bishop must be blameless he must be the husband of one wife okay now keep in mind this is not about remarriage okay this is likely a reference to polygamy also remember the pagan culture that they were in okay you know some people ask the question i've heard this question uh, often actually uh, people wonder if Paul was married. Sorry, I'm getting on a rabbit trail here. Uh, <laughs> people wonder if Paul was married. Some people say that he wasn't, but some, you know, say that uh, he had to have been, uh, or he was, but his wife likely died. Because ultimately, he could not have been a member of the Sanhedrin without being married. So he was a member of the Sanhedrin, so he must have been married at some point. So likely his wife died, just little side note for you guys there. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. The husband of one wife must be temperate, sober-minded, <clears throat> sober-minded here. Don't get this wrong. This just means that you're serious. It means that you're giving due importance to matters, okay? Every issue, you give it its due importance. Of good behavior, of good behavior here. This word is the same word that we studied last Sunday. It's the word for modesty. Of good behavior. It's, you know, when we're talking about women and how they should uh, be modest and all of that stuff. That scripture we studied last year, or last here last week that was has been so used and abused uh, in the legalistic churches for so many years. Anyway, this word is orderly or in the same word for modesty. Of good behavior, hospitable and able to teach. Able to teach. An overseer, a bishop, must be able to teach. Not given to wine. Pay attention here. This is, it's not saying don't drink wine, or it would, if it meant don't drink wine, it would say don't drink wine. It says, uh, so it doesn't say no wine, it means excessive in the the. The accurate translation it would be ex- excessive drunkard. Okay, look at Proverbs chapter twenty-three verse twenty-one. Look at Ephesians chapter five verse eighteen. Okay, talking about the drunkard and the wobbler. Don't be, don't be as the drunkard. Okay, that's what this is uh, referencing. Total abstinence uh, of alcohol was not required of believers scripturally. Okay, as a matter of fact, Jewish culture. Uh, Jewish ceremonies, uh, Feasts of the Lord, all of that stuff. Just look at that. I've also often told people, you know, we're not to get drunk, but you can't just say that uh, wine itself is evil and that the Bible says that you can't drink wine. It just says, well, as a matter of fact, all you have to do is go to Israel once and you see what a big part of that culture it is. The issue is drunkenness, okay? The issue is drunkenness, um, moderation, okay, truly. In the in the right using of that word let's keep reading let's keep reading not violence not violence uh, in other words not contentious not looking for a fight Am I? this one i might be speaking to some of you right now i know some of you with this whole mask thing it's got you guys fired up a little bit doesn't it and i might be preaching I might be preaching a little close to home here You know, how many of you have uh, uh, walked into a store without the mask and thought, you know what, I just, you know what, I dare somebody to say something to me about a mask. I'm just, you know, Uh, not that you're looking for a fight, but sometimes we are looking for a fight. And that one, it might be worth fighting over. But you get the point here. not contentious, not violent, not looking for a fight, okay? Let's keep reading. These are your marching orders. Let's go. We need them. Not greedy for money but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. You know, you can covet many things other than money in this life, can't you? You can. You can covet uh, uh, money, other people's possessions, other people's uh, uh, wives, husbands. You can covet their position in life. You can covet, there's a million different things that you can covet their job. You can covet uh, the size of, Somebody's church. I mean, seriously. There's a lot of different things that you can covet in this life. More so than money. Money is the is the number one thing. But let's keep reading verse 4. One who rules his own house well. This is important. One who rules his own house well. Having his children in submission with all reverence. So I want you to look at that. Leave that on the screen for a moment, Andrew, if you would. I want this one to sink in for us, church. There was a church, there was a church in the middle, in the middle of a culture (laughs) that was pagan, full of deception, uh, full of lasciviousness. And here was this church, and here was the marching orders that the colonel had given the commander to teach to his men and women who are beneath him, one who rules his own house well. If you want to be uh, a bishop, a leader, in other words, which we all are called to uh, in different offices, yes, but listen to this. I'm telling you, every one of us are called to this verse. One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. Okay, come back to me now. Uh, This is one that hits close to home for a lot of us, I know. Let's just be frank. Many public schools are making this more difficult for Christian parents. There is a systematic effort underway to undermine the nuclear family in this country. And we know that. We have talked about it. Uh, We have looked at the evidence of it. It's not just on TV anymore. We've talked about for the past 20, 30, 40 years how the mother and father figures, characters in these TV shows, these sitcoms, are made to be a joke. The shows focus on the kids and their parents are just the obnoxious people. Uh, You can look at different shows from Homer Simpson to The Family Guy and all of these other things, Uh, you know. The moms and dads are just the buffoons, right? Well, it's more than just that now. This this attack on the nuclear family, it's not just, it's, it's direct now. We've entered a new phase. It's not just in the back of our minds anymore. It's in the curriculum in our schools, church. If you haven't been paying attention to this, please hear me and hear my heart for the sake of our children. Wake up, wake up. Uh, this uh, picture surfaced online uh, this week can I see that now we've talked about who black lives matter is a little bit in these past few weeks and I encourage you to do your own studies And you don't have to you don't have to get creative to research who black lives matter really is it's not just a bunch of people peacefully protesting for racial uh, equality uh, in the streets all right this is a communist organization organizationally not that every person that goes out to one of their events is a communist obviously but a lot of people that go out to their events wouldn't go out to their events if they knew what this uh, organization is truly all about self-admitted communists Look at their own stuff about us. And they hope to uh, break down the the Western idea of what a family looks like, mom and dad in the home. They want to redefine roles, gender roles, everything else, church. And they're going into our schools. Let me see that picture one more time. I'm sorry. Let me see that one more time. I want to read it. (laughs) Black Lives Matter at school. What are they going to be teaching our kids? Fund counselors, not cops. Are you kidding me? That's what our kids need at school, huh? Mandate black history and ethics studies. Surely that won't be slanted to their ideology at all, huh? Fascinating. We know who they are. We know who they are. Uh, in 2006, uh, a guy by the name of Ralph D. Teledono wrote a book called Cry Havoc. Cry Havoc. Ralph D. Teledondo. if you want to write that down. You know, if you don't know who this guy is, you've got to look him up. He's a fascinating figure of the last hundred years, to be honest with you. He went to Columbia University, Uh, he, he joined the Socialist Party of America there in 1936. He graduated in 1938. He was socialist but anti-communist, which is interesting because, well I guess I guess the socialist uh, Nazi party, there were socialists, ended up fighting the Russian Communist Party. So socialists and communists don't always get along, although socialism is generally just a stepping stool for communism. In any case, he was a socialist, okay? Uh, he, he, he joined the Socialist Party of America group there. Columbia in 1936, as I said. This guy was friends with Nixon. He uh, founded the National Review magazine, by the way. Have you heard of the National Review? Interesting that 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 magazine that is widely considered to be conservative, uh, by and large, was actually uh, founded by a democratic socialist. Okay? he was—he's been sued by Ralph Nader. <laughs> he was sued by uh, Mark Felt, who's known as the, the Deep Throat source in the Watergate investigation. Talk about an interesting life, huh? Well, in his book in 2006, he outlines how the Frankfurt School, uh, which was a project in Germany of a, a project of the communist of Communist International, how he wrote about how they infiltrated Columbia University in 1938, which was his last year at school there. Of their goals, he said this. Can I see that quote? He said, the program called for the destruction of religion, the family, education, and all moral values, along with the capture of intellectuals and the instruments of mass communication, such as the press, radio, films. What do you think any of that's being used uh, against the nuclear family right now? Uh, to this appended a new Freudism, which reduces human relationships to rampant sexuality and the grossest pleasure principles. A program its secret secret founder boasted will make America stink. Wow, uh, sounds like sounds to me like that plan is going pretty well so far. I don't know. Uh, if you're paying attention. But let's keep reading. Verse 5. Let's see verse 5. For if a man, continuing we'll continue on that same thought, does Paul. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Amen. It's time to wake up. Church, listen to me. It is men. Are you listening to my voice? It's time to wake up. Women, too. It's time to wake up. Men, in your home, this is your, your role, your responsibility, as given to your, but given to you by your commanding officer here, as he's led by the Holy Spirit. Women, I know there's a lot of women that don't have men in the house. Unfortunately, so much extra falls to you. What a burden that is. But, you know, this is for the sake of our children. It's time that we all step up. Are you hearing these marching orders loud and clear this morning? Church, come on. The enemies of liberty, the enemies of God are trying to steal our children. As a matter of fact, quite literally in many situations. Do not relinquish your children to the state. Do not relinquish your children to the state. If homeschool is not an option for you, uh, be involved in everything be involved in everything that they are learning get to know the teacher i mean as we saw a few weeks ago uh, in rutherford county a letter sent out to parents saying hey you know when your kids are doing their online learning now don't listen in what in the why would are you kidding me how about the 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 the, the order that our awesome governor was going to do a few weeks ago when he was saying hey you know the state is going to be contacting your children going around the parents to talk direct to, directly to the children so when we call put your kid on the phone oh and don't listen then are you out of your mind oh church be involved in everything the eyes, are, uh, the eyes are the window to the soul, the eyes and ears. And don't you know the enemy of good in this world? Don't you know Satan would love to have the heart and mind of your most precious possession, your little ones, all to himself to influence? You had better wake up if you're not aware that this is happening in our school systems. Mm. And I know, look, I know. I know that there are some great teachers in the system. I know that. They would not be okay with this stuff. I know some of them. In our community, I know there's great teachers, okay? And I've bragged about them often, especially at the Bellevue Middle School. But they are often outnumbered, okay? If this stuff, garbage, isn't in your child's school yet, it will be if you don't speak up. Do you hear me? mm mm talk about the destruction of education talk about the destruction of moral values they they're normal well they're normalizing pedophilia right before our very eyes have you paid attention to the news at all lately church do you hear me they're normalizing it right before our very eyes can i see this next uh, collage actually i put a little something together for you here to look at can i see that thank you Did you know that the UN chooses a teen prostitution advocator for top human rights posts to go global, to go global and uh, to push that agenda? Are you kidding me? Yeah, this one's interesting in particular. I encourage you guys to look up these headlines for yourself. Don't take my word for any of this stuff. The goal here uh, that this woman has is to... Normalize the sex trade. Normalize uh, prostitution. It's a good job for some people in the world, she says, as a matter of fact. Normalization. Newsom signs a bill removing automatic uh, penalty uh, for uh, consensual acts involving minors. My goodness. So, in other words, in this bill, it's no—you no longer have to register as a sex offender if, a, if it was between a uh, 14-year-old and a uh, 23-year-old. Are you kidding me? What, let's see. What was that last one? Can I see that last one? Why cancel Netflix is trending. Do I even need to talk about that? Do I even need to talk about this? What's happening uh, with the with our world right now? with how they're trying to influence our children? And ask yourself this question, is it a coincidence coincidence that we are seeing all of this at the same time as well? You're not that foolish, are you? Of course it's not a coincidence. My goodness, is America stinking yet? Is it stinking yet, church? but uh, there is hope. Let me say this. There's hope because of you and because within you is the Holy Spirit. Within you is the restrainer of darkness in this world. But you've got to be awake. You've got to be taking part. You've got to be defending your children. Can I see this next example? These next pictures. There is hope at the same time that all of this is happening. Again, is it any coincidence? What are we seeing? Operation Homecoming leads to the rescue of eight endangered children in Indiana. U.S. Marshals find 39 missing children in Georgia during Operation Not Forgotten. U.S. Marshals rescue 25 missing Ohio children in the past 20 days. Some recovered as far away as Miami. U.S. Marshals rescued 72 children. Amen. And they wanted to fund the police. Don't let that be lost on you either. All of this is happening at the same time. You know it's not a coincidence. There is a war raging for the souls of our children right now. Mm. If a man cannot rule his own house, how can he take care of the church of God? Mm -mm -mm. Having his children in submission and with all reverence. I know that's such a challenge. It's a challenge, to, it's a challenge to maintain that with your children in this world full of iPhones and, and apps and YouTube and all of this junk that they're pouring into the minds of our children. You've, church, we've got to stand up. Fathers, mothers, cover your children. Cover your children, whatever it takes. Protect them, defend them, fight for them. Do you hear my heart on this? You know what you have to do. It might be difficult, but you know what you have to do. The Holy Spirit within you is telling you, I know. No responsibility that you have is more important than this one. No responsibility that you have. Would you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Would you gain the whole world and lose your children? There is a reason parenting is more difficult these days, okay? There is. Not that we aren't still responsible for sleeping at the wheel, because many of us, even Christian parents, are asleep at the wheel while this is happening in the world. Let's keep reading. Verse 6, marching orders. Verse 6, not a novice, lest he be puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Not that all young people are prideful, but if they're given a position, before they're ready, before they're mature enough to handle it, pride can rise up in them. How many worship leaders and pastors have fallen just in this last year, you know, that we've seen famous worship leaders and pastors come out and say they don't even believe in God anymore, right? And this is, you know, this is, I believe, why God often uses the reluctant. The people who don't want the platform, who would rather not lead, would rather shy away from the attention. God often uses those people for this very reason. Let's keep reading verse 7. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. This means a good reputation in the community. Not just church. This is your ethics, okay? Ethics in your business dealings. Does he pay his bills, right? Good character stuff. Does the community who aren't Christians look at you as a man or woman of honor? Verse 8. Let's keep reading. Likewise, deacons. You know, I remember growing up and, oh, the deacons of the church, the deacons of the church. I thought they must be a really big deal to have a title like deacons. You know what the title deacons means? It means servants. Deacons are the biggest servants in the church. That's what it means. The way up is down in the kingdom of God, right? The model for leadership in the church is to wash the feet of your brothers and sisters, right? So servants must be reverent, not double tongued. Don't talk out of the both sides of your mouth. Not given to much wine. Same thing as we talked about earlier. Not greedy for money. Not hold, and, and holding the mystery, verse 9, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. You know, your conscience can get scar tissue built up on it. Reference to Romans chapter 1 there, we can, right? The Holy Spirit will always bring conviction to you when you're off, when you're not handling something right, when you're not thinking about something right, when you're operating in pride or jealousy or lust or whatever. The Holy Spirit brings correction to you, but you know what? the more you ignore the Holy Spirit when He comes to offer you correction, eventually you get used to doing that to the extent that eventually you don't even hear Him anymore. And your conscience is seared, it's scarred. So you can put scar tissue on your conscience. Be aware of that. Don't ignore the Holy Spirit when He brings correction. Be one who loves correction. Verse 10, let's keep reading. But let these also first be tested. We are all tested in life, church all tested in different ways throughout our lives. You know, your testing ground is your proving ground. I've always said this, you know, when, when we go through life and we, have, we struggle with things, when we uh, fall, we, we fall down, we get back up, the different things uh, that we're ashamed of in our lives even, those are the things that ultimately become our area of authority in our ministry. So, in other words, if somebody's struggling with this or that, the fact that I have struggled with it in the past and and the Lord has redeemed me through it and I've gotten over it. I've been tested by these things, tested by life. Now, when I see somebody else struggling in that same way, I can come to them and say, Hey, look, I have a ministry here. I've been through it. I know what you're struggling with. I know what you're dealing with. You can you can overcome this with the help of the Lord as well. So tested and it also could mean that they're actually tested by the elders as well before they're given a position of authority. so with that in mind with that in mind can I see this next graphic throughout the Word of God we see different training periods okay it's not it's not just you we need to be aware of this when we're waiting on God to move in our lives and we did that whole sermon series on waiting on God a few months back periods of time in our life when you know ultimately we would love for God to hurry up already and take us out of the season that we're in onto something else, something better. We can't lose sight of this. Joseph was a servant for 13 years in Egypt before he became the prime minister. Moses was a shepherd for 40 years before his calling. Joshua served Moses before he stepped into his role. Obviously, David, shepherd on the hillside, learning to fight bears and lions to protect the sheep, right? Paul, of course, was in the wilderness for three and a half years in training. So let's go back to verse 10. Let the let these also be tested. Let that I hope that encourages you this morning. Let these also first be tested. Then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. Again, we've covered that as well. Okay, obviously that doesn't mean without sin in your life period, because we, you know, we all have our struggles, but Thanks be to Jesus Christ that He has forgiven us. The, the sacrifice made on the cross in the empty tomb was good enough to cover your past, present, and future sin. Sin, period, it covered. Okay, That's not a license to sin, though. Again, that's another lesson. But being found blameless. thats He's describing how we act in this community. Okay? Uh, if they want to accuse you of something, don't let it be true. Verse 11. Likewise, their wives must be reverent. Can, I, can you come back to me on this one, Andrew? Look... Lives must be reverent, okay? The Me Too movement would love to just like, say this is another uh, example of the Bible being misogynistic, but it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, this is saying, wives, don't slander your husbands. Especially don't slander your husbands to your children. That is something that plagues so many families, and it's plagued so many families in the church. Wives, lift up your husband, Husbands, lift up your wives. Don't slander your wife, especially in front of your children. Wives, do not slander your husband in front of your children or to your children, especially. We're talking about being managers of our house. Is it not hard enough already with the poison that the world is trying to pour into the hearts and minds, the eyes and ears of our children? Is it not hard enough fighting that battle without having mom and dad be a united front, without mom uh, belittling dad or vice versa to the children? My goodness, okay? So (laughs) don't, don't slander. Don't demean, okay? Ultimately, the, a good wife, likewise their wives must be reverent, I'm telling you, a good wife is the best ministry tool a man of God could ever have. You want your man in your, in your house to be more of a man of God? Enable him. I'm just telling you, I couldn't, I couldn't be the man of God that I am without Amber. It, just, it would, wouldn't be possible. The best ministry tool a man of God could ever have is his wife, okay? And likewise, okay? So let's keep reading. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husbands of one wife. Again, that's like we referenced earlier. This was likely culturally bigamy, polygamy, that sort of thing. This is not an issue of remarriage. Remarriage is... You know, that's covered well in, in Matthew and 1 Corinthians and all that stuff, if we were teaching on that. for those, Verse 13, For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 14. We've got to keep moving here. We're going to run out of time. These things I write to you, Though I hope to come to you shortly. Verse 15. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself. This is good. This is, this is so you may know how to conduct yourself in the house of God. I love this. I love this. Because when you take it apart into the Greek, the better translation of this is the household of God. In other words, the family. Church, aren't we always saying that we're a family, right? Life Story Church, family. We've got the family group page and all that stuff. Because we're a family, truly. The body of Christ, different parts. Christ is our head, right? But we are a family. We are in the household of God. This is how you should behave, all right? Uh, The house of God, which is the church of the living God. The pillar, and that's a cool use of words there because the temple Diana, we talked more about that last week, the temple of Diana in Ephesus had 127 pillars around it. Each one of those giant pillars was a gift from a king of a different nation. So the pillar, that's a striking term for the people in Ephesus. So context, I always, you know... Uh, makes the word of God come alive even more. A pillar and ground, what does the ground do for a pillar? It makes sure that it doesn't fall. So a pillar and ground of the truth, that is the church. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Mystery. Pay attention to that word. God, and here's the the mystery of godliness. Here it comes. Quite a sentence coming up for you. God was manifested in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. Amen. And all God's people said, amen. Uh, I'm going to give you the picture here something cool, talking about the mystery of godliness. Talking about the mystery of godliness, can I see this next graphic? I don't have time to get into this today. It's not the point of our study, but take a screenshot of this or take a picture of it with your camera. This is a really cool study to do. Sometimes if you're looking for a Bible study to do on your own, on your, you know, in your free time, in your mornings or evenings, there are 12 kingdom mysteries mentioned throughout the Word. We've got the mystery of the kingdom, uh, Luke eight ten, Mark 4, mystery of the kingdom of heaven, mystery of the manifestation in the flesh. Obviously, that's the Mystery of uh, uh, Jesus Christ, God becoming man. Mystery of salvation by faith. It's covered so well in Romans and Galatians. Uh, We're saved faith plus nothing equals salvation. Amen. Uh, Mystery of the ultimate unity in Ephesians chapter 1. Mystery of the Gentiles in the same body, the body of Christ. Mystery of the bride of Christ. Ooh, Mystery of the harpazo or the rapture of the church, which we are eagerly anticipating. Amen. Mystery of Iniquities, Mysteries of the Seven Churches, which we are studying on Wednesday nights. So if you're intrigued by that, tune in on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Mystery of Israel's Blindness and Mystery of Babylon, of course. So with that, I think we did pretty good. We still have, we got some time left before, uh, before lunch, don't we? Let's keep moving, shall we? Because I'm telling you I want I wanted to try to put both these chapters together. This is a big study, I know, but but they they go together here, marching orders, okay? Let's keep reading. This is it takes a turn here in tone for Paul. Are you ready? verse uh, verse one of chapter four. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Let me frame that for you real quick. Deceiving spirits, that is the word in Greek, plenos, which is the word that we get planets from. They call the planets wandering stars. So this gives you the idea these deceiving spirits. They're wandering spirits. They are de- roaming the earth for, to find whom they may deceive. Okay? And... Doctrines of uh, Diabolos uh, would, be, would be a translation there as well. Doctrines of devils and some other Bibles. And, other, and so in other words, sum this up. Wandering deceivers. These demons. My goodness. This is the only time demons is mentioned in uh, Paul's pastoral letters. Uh, but what, what do they do? Verse 2. They're speaking lies in hypocrisy. That's what they do. Hypocrites speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. And what did we talk about? What can happen to your conscience? Ooh, ooh. It's 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 uh, uh. It's one's personal life that goes wrong. We must remember that it's one's personal life that goes wrong before they get wrong doctrine. Typically, typically. Uh, Doctrine if somebody holds back doctrine it's because they have adjusted their doctrine to fit a a, a Lifestyle that's unexcusable. So one's one's personal life often goes wrong before doctrine ever goes wrong Keep that in mind and don't let your conscience be seared verse 3. Let's keep reading What else did they do these lying spirits these wandering deceivers with seared consciences they forbid forbidding to marry this is a Gnostic idea. We actually talked about this uh, several weeks ago when we were uh, teaching on the Gnostics. And that's not in the Bible and whatnot. The Gnostics taught that it was uh, wrong to marry and all flesh was evil and everything else. And uh, that goes along with that. And of course, don't we see the trend continued? The Gnostic uh, idea picked up in the Catholic Church where the Catholic church priests were not allowed to marry. Same idea. Nothing's new under the sun. Uh, entered a long time ago and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth you believe and you know the truth <clears throat> therefore everything is 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 made created to be received with thanksgiving <clears throat> you know both legalism and lawlessness rob you of liberty you know that don't you legalism robs you of liberty Obviously, we know that. But lawlessness also robs you of liberty. Ultimately, people become legalistic about their lawlessness and they're robbed of liberty that way. True liberty can only be found in the true doctrine gospel of Jesus Christ. That God so loved the world, He sent His only Son. His only Son for you. That He would take your debt. He would take it. He'd pay for it on the cross. He rose from the grave on the third day. And because he lives, you now can live. God, the Father, accepted that payment. He accepted that debt. And Jesus was risen from the grave. And so we put our faith in that gift, in trust, and have faith that that was enough to save us. And that's it. Faith in that plus nothing. Faith in what he did, not faith in what I do. Amen? Amen. Good, good, good. Verse 4, for every creature, every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with what? Thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. <clears throat> Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for this food. Sanctify it for your kingdom. Right, Eva? That's right. You know, in Acts chapter 20 Uh What we're seeing here, what we're seeing him address with Timothy here, Paul in Acts chapter 20, he told them, remember, that the wolves were coming. He said that they would come, the deceivers, that they rise up from within them even. He said they would come, and now they they have come. And guess what, church? They have still, to this day, never left. They have never left. They say, do as I say, not as I do. Don't they? Then they accuse you... (laughs) They accuse you of the wrongdoing that they themselves are guilty of doing and they hope to punish you. That spirit is alive in the church and alive in our government today as well. For the Hebrew Roots legalists though, uh, let me put this out there just since we're in context here. Can I see this next graphic? Just for the Hebrew Roots legalists or if anybody's ever struggled with this, here's some a corrective doctrine for you. All foods are clean according to Jesus, according to Peter, and according to Paul as well. Look those verses up and be free. Verse 6, let's keep reading. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Tell your brothers, if you see your brothers and sisters struggling with this stuff, with deception, whether it's the legalists or lawlessness, instruct them in these things. And you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the, and of good, of the good doctrine. In the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. Okay, do you get that? Mm, you'll be nourished in the words of faith and by good doctrine you know so many people oftentimes they talk about church growth church growth church growth and they think about you know just numbers how many we okay we got we got 50 people now how do we get to 100 how do we get to 150 you're you're focused on just adding people that's that's not the that's really not the biblical principle of growth the biblical principle of growth is nourishment okay so we need to be active in trying to grow our church and inviting people inviting people to church as much as we can within our realm of influence to bring them into the fold and to grow Life Story Church, guys. But that needs to be a secondary focus to the nourishment of our soul because you are the church. And how does Life Story Church grow? It's more about growing up more than growing out. Amen? We want to grow in all ways, but keep that in mind, okay? That's our church growth plan is to nourish you with words of faith and with good doctrine and, and, and encouraging you to carefully follow, which you have carefully followed. Amen? You, if you're hearing this stuff, come on now, if you're hearing any of this stuff and you're convicted by it, okay, whether it's the parenting stuff or whatever it is, it's to you now you have a responsibility to your church family, not just to yourself, not just to your immediate family, but to your church family, to carefully follow it. Amen. Are these? Am I being hard on you guys today? Maybe so. I well, I guess I'm just that kind of pastor now, huh? Now let's keep reading. But reject, uh, reject profane and old wives' fables, and exercise yourself. Amen. I'm talking about growth here, right? Exercise yourself. Train towards godliness. This was a, again a relevant metaphor for the Church of Ephesus because they had a coliseum. Think about this: a coliseum that held 100,000 people. As a matter of fact, the Olympics had been held in Ephesus from time to time. Imagine in the ancient world. We think about, oh man, UT's stadium is huge. It, I mean, doesn't that hold 100,000 people? Some UT fans can tell me. The Denver Broncos stadium you know, holds, what, 72,000 people, something like that, which there really will be nobody in it on Monday night. Pitiful. Uh, this ancient world coliseum held 100,000 people. That's pretty incredible. So, Olympics, that's culture, okay? Again, he's speaking to the culture. Exercise, train, right? Don't we know that all the NFL teams have been in training camp all off season. They're getting ready for the this, for this season. They're working their body. They're working their body, right? They're not eating things that they might want to eat for their, the health and goodness of their body. They're not doing things that they might want their flesh might want to do for the good of their flesh, right? So they're training their bodies, training their bodies with that in mind. Let's keep reading verse 8. For bodily exercise profits a little he's not saying it's not beneficial but it profits a, in contrast it profits a little but godliness is profitable for all things having having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come verse 9 this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance okay for to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living god Nobody said it would be easy. It's a labor, but it's a labor of love and we suffer reproach because we trust the living God and don't we trust Him, who is the Savior of all men. He's the Savior of all men. What does that mean? This is not Unitarianism, okay? Uh, he died for all. Do you know that? Jesus would have it that none be lost. He died for all. Any can come unto Him. Any thirsty can come to him for a drink. Any of those who are lost in darkness can take his hand and step into the light. He died for all men. He would have it that none be lost. Okay, They need only accept him. Go back to the scripture. Who is the savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. What have we been saying all day? These are your marching orders, church. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Take heed to your ministry. Verse 12, let no one, then he says to, to Timothy, let no one despise your youth. <clears throat> that word, their youth, by the way, in the Greek suggests somebody is under 40. So, uh, I just passed that a couple years ago. My goodness, that's so close, so close. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love. Come on now, hear this, get this in your spirit. Be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit. We know where the spirit of the Lord is, amen? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In spirit, in faith, in purity. That is a word for this generation today. And if there are kids watching this broadcast today, let me say this word and let it sink into your spirit. Purity. The world is trying to corrupt you. The world is trying to pour in filth and compromise through every means it can. Through music, through television, through YouTube, and unfortunately, through your curriculum at school even. If you, children watching this right now, if you in your studies hear something from a teacher or read something in your curriculum that disagrees with the Holy Spirit, you take that to mom and dad right away. You hear me? You won't be in trouble, okay? So my goodness, purity, that is the word. That is the word for this generation that needs to be focused on. Amen? Verse 13. Till I come. Paul who wants to visit, he doesn't know if he'll be able to. To Timothy, he says, Till I come, give attention to reading scripture in public. Reading public reading of scripture is what that's referenced to. To exhortation, seems like a kind of a big word, but that means encouragement. Encourage one another. And to doctrine, give your attention to doctrine. Give your attention to encouraging people and to reading the word of God publicly. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Verse fourteen which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Again, referencing that, you know, uh, they recognized the gifts that Timothy had and they, they dedicated him and prayed over him. And uh, Let's keep going. Verse 15, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. Oh, come on now. Church, within the sound of my voice, can you honestly before the living God, say that you are giving yourself entirely, giving yourself entirely to your ministry, giving yourself entirely to your church, giving yourself entirely to making sure that every opportunity that you have to share the gospel of Jesus is, is taken advantage of? Mm. Have you given yourself entirely to sharing the Word of God publicly, encouraging one another? giving given yourself entirely to, to the doctrine of, of, of Jesus Christ? Have you given yourself entirely to your faith? Have you surrendered everything else? Have you let go of the things that you know that you need to let go of, that the Holy Spirit is bringing conviction to you about? Have you let go of them? Give yourself entirely to them. Let's finish that scripture that your progress may be evident to all. Are you making progress? Here's your, here's an application sending point for you. Where are you in your spiritual walk in contrast to where you were just one year ago? Are you making progress? Let your... <laughs> just like a trainer, just like a, a, an athletic uh, contestant, right? We want to make progress. We want... Quarterbacks want to get better, right? Basketball players want to get better. Don't you want to get better? Don't you want to grow in your knowledge and depth of insight? Don't you want to grow in your intimacy and your relationship with Jesus? Are you making progress? Be honest with yourself and ask yourself, hold yourself accountable to that question. Where are you in contrast to where you were just one year ago? You should be making progress. Paul says to Timothy, Give yourself entirely to these things. Meditate on them, that your progress might be evident to everybody. Everybody. Not just everybody in the church, but your community even. Hasn't he said that? Are you making progress? And let's close here on verse 16. Take heed yourself, and to the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Save myself. Yeah, You won't be led astray by this, these deceivers, these wandering demons that want to lie to you, want to rob you, want to cheat you, steal from you. They want to steal your very salvation if you'd let loose of it. Mm. So take heed to yourself and to sound doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing so you will save yourself, but also how many others will see it in you, hear it from your lips, and they will also be saved. Marching orders out the door. Here we go. Let we see that last graphic. Marching orders from your military commander. Ah, it was heard directly from the Holy Spirit. This is you. Your creed, your conduct, self-examine. Are you of the faith? Are you truly motivated by love? Truly motivated by love? Are you sound in doctrine? Are you proclaiming the gospel or are you shrinking back at work? Are you shrinking back uh, among certain friends? Are you shrinking back in, amongst your family members? Proclaiming the gospel and a defender of the faith. These are your marching orders. Soldier, do you accept them? Amen? With every eye closed, every head bowed, let's close here today. God is so good. Can we just thank him for his word? Say yes, thank you, Jesus, and amen. We thank you. Truth, amen. If the Holy Spirit is bringing conviction to you, and you need to lay some things down, if you need to surrender some things, if you've not been giving everything, if you've not been uh, uh, devoting yourself, giving yourself entirely to your faith and to your Lord and Savior, if you've been holding back or holding some things back, whatever it is, I want you to you can lay them all down right now. Now, as a matter of fact, if you're watching this for the first time, and I don't, we don't even know each other. you're inspired because the Holy Spirit, the kindness of Jesus, the same kindness that first drew me to Him and His Word is now calling to your heart and you want to lay everything down and you want to accept that calling. You want to say, You know what, Jesus? I believe that You did die on the cross for my sin. I believe that You did raise from the dead on the third day and I believe that God accepted that as payment for my sin. And I have faith in that. Faith that that will save me, that you will save me through that. I have faith in you, Lord Jesus. If that's you, and you want to you uh, 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 lay your heart down before him and accept him as your Savior, well, let's just pray right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's true. I thank you that you grow us in knowledge and depth of insight. I, I thank you, Father, that it's part of your plan that we grow. That we not be stagnant. That we not be lost in despair, Lord Jesus. That you give us a hand. That you reach into the darkness and pull us into the light where you are, Lord Jesus. That you have come to seek and save the lost, Father. That you are the one who, who uh, grows us and matures us, Lord Jesus. Mm, that you sanctify us, Lord. Oh, and That you've not left us to our own devices, Father. And that though we are here in this place, that is not our home, Lord Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Father, yes. And that though you have left us here, Father, that you are coming again. You are coming again. Oh, church, he's coming soon. Say this. Say this if you're surrendering to him. Lord Jesus, I believe that you're God. I believe that you love me. Mm. Lord, come into my heart and make me new. I surrender my life. I surrender the things that I know you don't want me to hold on to. The deeds uh, that, Lord, I'm ashamed of. I put them down, Lord Jesus. Give me strength, Father. I know that your word tells me, Paul tells us in Corinthians, that there is no temptation that is laid hold of us that isn't just common to man. So I know I can overcome it especially with your help, Lord Jesus. So give me the strength to overcome that, Lord. Lord, I accept these marching orders, Lord. I accept this call, Father, to to be who you've created me to be, to step into this character, Lord Jesus. Lord, continue to grow me. I thank you. I give you thanks. I thank you for the way that you love me, Lord Jesus. Walk with me all the days of my life, in Jesus' name. And all all God's people said... Amen. We love you guys so much. I hope you are blessed today. I'm telling you, stay uh, stay tuned to Wednesday night services as well. Seven o'clock on Wednesday night will be on YouTube and the Facebook page live stream as well. Uh, we're we're still in letters to the churches, and God is just really uh, bringing some uh, depth of insight and really uh, sharing His heart with the church through that study. So, uh, also. Uh, You can find us on Spotify with our podcast and on iTunes. I take advantage of that stuff as well, guys. But until then, we love you, and we'll see you then.